Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Lee Zolman, Vice President, Business Development at Sport Business Americas. Lee, super excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for the time again today, Rob. I think we had a, a great first uh, podcast together. Uh, I, I was I was really happy after we left that. I, I think it, it just came out great, and I'm uh, looking forward to covering these topics with you today. Me too. So as you mentioned, our first podcast together was straight fire, and we realized that there's a ton more value we can deliver. So what we're going to do is record three more episodes together, each about a specific business, personal development, or marketing topic. The first we're going to do is about business development for sports partnerships and sports marketing. If you enjoyed this episode, then make sure to check out the other ones when they post. But first, Lee, let's quickly frame your business development credentials so you can give some context. Sure. Great. Um, happy to. Uh, a bit awkward, but but I'll try. I've, um, I, I love sports marketing. I love the world of, of sponsorship. And I've been pretty fortunate to do a variety of uh, very cool things within the space and work for a number of um, very awesome entities. Uh, I, number one, uh, I work in what I've called, I've worked in what I've called the, tr- the triangle in sports marketing. So I've worked on the team side, uh, going out looking for sponsors and activating sponsorships. I've worked on the agency side where I've activated sponsorships and again, gone out and bought sponsorships and, and worked in um, those sponsorships for our, our current clients. Uh, and then I've worked on the, uh, on the brand side. So on the brand side, going out and finding the sponsorships for the brands for large uh, consumer product brands and, and beverages uh, apparel companies. So the triangle of teams, agencies, and brands all within buying, selling, activating, measuring sponsorship is where I've worked. And uh, what's really wonderful right now is that with sport business, I'm able to sit in a position where I provide um, data and analysis to help uh, clients in those three areas do their jobs as best as they can. All right, so let's get right to your mindset for business development for sports partnerships and sports marketing. What do we need to know? Well, number one, if you're going to be in business development in, in sports, uh, you've got to be hungry. Uh, you've got to be assertive, uh, organized, um, meticulous, and you've got to make sure that you follow through and follow up. Um, so I think simply put, with all of those things, um, with all of those attributes, you can be quite successful. Uh, I've worked with other business development executives. I've, you know, I've, I've developed my own methodology. And uh, I think that those probably would sum up what I think it takes to be successful. I'm sure a couple others will, will come to me as we talk. But uh, simply put, I think that that's what someone needs. Let's talk a little bit more about your methodology in this because when I look at business development, I would just say it's open-ended because a lot of the things to be successful in business development is you've got to have that killer instinct. You've got to follow up. You've got to do the things that others aren't willing to do, but it's very important to have a process for it and structure. Absolutely. Because you're rinse and repeating. If you're talking to 30, 50, 100 
people a day. And I know when I started my sales career way back when, uh, when I was at Career Builder, they started us off by saying, you need to do, uh, I believe it was 70 contacts a day for right. a month. And then they right. dropped it down to 50 and then to 30. And I know a lot of my friends have worked in call centers, high volume mm -hmm. environments. And when you're entry level, they give you a script and they say, follow this bad boy here. And I don't think it's any different as you continue to move up the ladder, even on larger deals, because you still have to know exactly what you're going to be talking about. So you can be confident so that you can ultimately get that solution that can help solve the problem that your client has. That's a big part of it. And you know, it is a numbers game. Business development is a numbers game. And it doesn't matter if you're selling million, million dollar sponsorships or a hundred dollar subscriptions. It's a numbers game, but you really have to understand not only your business, you, you have to understand your prospects business. You have to understand their industry space. You have to know what their pain points are. You have to know what their challenges are. So in business development, so much of it is about exploration. It's about being inquisitive and curious. It's about asking questions and it's about listening. Before I make a, a phone call to a prospect, I'm doing tons of background research. I've had a number of really great mentors and a couple of the, a couple of the um, pieces that I've taken away from, the, from those mentors are, no, number one, I would say is, mm, my best mentor said, no, not my best, but one of my best mentors said, don't go into a meeting without knowing where someone went to university. So you've got to do your background research. My mother was a, a, a very um, successful corporate woman she, in the nonprofit space. And, you know, she said, every time you don't ask, it is a no. It's a guaranteed no. And if you don't ask, you don't get. So those are some of the gems I take away. Um, but in, in business development, um, you, you definitely want to do your, your research first and, and be inquisitive. All right, Lee. I believe in everything that you just said there, but let's get back to the volume side of things. So I'm pouring my brain into someone else who says, all right, I now have to make 30 or 50 contacts yeah. a day to make sure this happens. And it's just not realistic, or I'll just say air quotes, not realistic for me to do a deep dive onto every single one of these companies as if I'm selling to just one specific company and I know, boom, or even if it's just five of them. What, what do you say to that of someone who's doing high volume as opposed to something that's a little bit more fewer opportunities out there? there are all, there's always going to be this balance of your pipeline. So your pipeline has to be quantity and it has to be quality and it has to be, um, it has to be managed appropriately. But if, you know, if you're, if you're working on, uh, uh, if you're working on a number of prospects that are really weak prospects, then you're spending your time in, in the wrong place. So you've got to measure out the quality and the quantity. And I think that that's really important. And it takes time. It takes experience. I think putting someone into a role and saying you have to get 70 prospects a day, I think they're going to fill their pipeline with junk. Um, but I think sitting them down and educating them on, on proper business development tactics um, and how to look for a qualified prospect. I think that that would be time better spent. All right, Lee, I'm, I'm curious about something. Through your sales career, have you traditionally been given leads, a lead list of, hey, go and contact this, mm. as opposed to, all right, Lee, now you're with us, go do your thing, where you have nothing and you have to create it all? I have not. 
been given sales leads lists for a large part of my career. Most of everything's been outgoing. It's about networking. It's about just talking to people. I talk to everybody. I did a deal with, and I write about this on my blog, but I did a deal with one of the largest electronics makers in the world because I sat down on the floor at an airport and started talking to the guy next to me. He was director of marketing for, for this multinational uh, corporation. And we ended up having a shoot. I mean, he's still very good friends with me today, but I mean, business wise, I forget what it was. I did hundreds of thousands of dollars in sponsorship with him. And had I not been just, you know, outgoing and want to sit down and talk to a guy on a layover, I never would have done that deal. But most of it has been outgoing. You've got to get out there and, and be assertive and be smart and be tactful and find, find the right prospects for your company, unless you're in a company that's just giving you lead sheets. And in, if they're just giving you lead sheets, then you've got to qualify those leads. You've got to see if those are the right leads for you. But my stuff is, is, is mostly out, you know, totally going out there and smiling and dialing the right people and connecting to the right people, finding the right decision makers. Um, so a, a lot of it is um, every day my outgoing is, is very strategic. I'm the exact same way as you. I've actually never been given a lead list ever. My yeah. very from the very beginning at Career Builder, they literally sat me for one week with some of the other reps. I just sort of just like sat there, and then all yeah. of a sudden they're like, "All right, go do it," and I'm like, "All right." And people say, "Well, what do you do?" Start with Google. Go to yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah, that's it. That's literally yeah. the answer. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, having a good CRM system. So I've used a variety of CRM systems. So for business development, that CRM system is vital. Um, I've used the biggest ones that are out there. Um, and, and I've used very small ones. But whatever it is, even if you're just using a spreadsheet, um, you've got to stay organized and, and, and follow up. So, you know, a tactic that I use is that uh, I'll follow up with a lead every four to five business days. So I just closed a deal. I just closed a deal this week with a large team and I've been working on following up with these people for almost nine months. It's gone back and forth for nine months and some months it went very dry and I would just reach out. I would send them, um, I would send them some, 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 uh, some content. Um, but, but I stayed on them because I believe in what I'm providing them. I believe in, in our, in our product and, uh, I know it can be helpful. So, um, you know, they gave, I went through four people until, until I finally got the right meeting. And it was, and even in that meeting, you know, just cause you get the meeting, you've got to be really prepared for whatever that whatever that person is on the other end of the phone. I did my research on this person. It turns out this person was an avid cyclist. So it, I, I know a little bit about cycling. So I dropped that and that ended up creating rapport with the person. And he only let me get through 30% of my spiel, 30%. He's like, I love it. I'm in. Contract was signed two days later. So, you know, that's an extreme example. I mean, you know, there's examples on, on, on all ends, but, um, staying organized, having the CRM system, you're doing your follow-ups. Most people are not going to buy until after you've touched them four or five times. So if you're, if you're reaching out to them, if you're in sales and sports marketing, and let's say you're, you know, you're selling for you know, a small NHL team 
and you're trying to find the regional supermarket chain to reach out to and you've only touched them, you've called or emailed them once or twice, you're never going to close that deal. You know, but why don't you find the right person to go to, find out a little bit about them. Why don't you go set up a visit to them, bring them a bag of cookies. I guarantee they'll remember you. All right. There's two things I want to get to into this. So nine months of follow-up every four to five days. No, yeah. With that one, it wasn't every four to five days. It, it, it was four to five days until it went cold and then gotcha. it up again in a month or two. No, none, nonetheless, let's get to what your follow-ups look like because I believe this is a very important part where you can do the activity and get no results if you see the same note. And we've all seen sales guys who hit us up with the exact same message, literally word for yeah. word, the same message every single time and it doesn't work. So to give some insight into how I approach things like this, I'm always looking to change up the cadence in creativity using video message, like you said, giving content and not always asking about what we're talking about here. They don't want to hear every single time. Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Sometimes you just have to drip attention. They know, but you have to find Absolutely. the creative ways. What are the other channels? Are you going to use LinkedIn for one? Are you going to hit them up in Twitter? Are you going to send a text message and take us into sort of your follow-up mindset, but more specifically, the variety of ways. Yeah, and, and you know, to, to your point, that's pretty much what I do. Number one, you said creative. You've got to be creative. Um, it can't just be the same messaging. Uh, there are some smaller tactics that I use that I think are very, uh, very helpful. And number one is, and we're, I'm going to skip, give out, give out all, all, of, all of the good meat here. Um, number one is you want to give people a choice. So people do better when they're given a choice. So, you know, can, what, can I follow up with you this week or next week? Is Tuesday or Wednesday better with you? Um, you never want to ask a question that could possibly lead to no. So another tactic is um, you, you write the email and, and you say, you know, knowing all of this, is there any reason why we wouldn't hop on the phone next week? Is Monday or Tuesday better? Well, is there any reason why we wouldn't set up a phone call? Um, that's uh, no, you know, you know, that's just, you know, you, they can say no, but a no really means a yes. So in that sense, you never want to ask a question, you know, can I call you tomorrow? No, you can't call me tomorrow or no, I'm not going to answer. So I think that always asking a question, having a reason to reach out, being creative, those are all some small tactics that can lead to people getting back to you. All right. Next thing, when you say Monday or Tuesday, are you ever dropping in? Like, for example, I use Calendly to help schedule things. So yeah. I like to know when I'm dealing with decision makers, I know that their time is valuable. I also right. know that I'm trying to chop steps out of this sales process. And one of the areas where salespeople are fallible is actually in the scheduling of the appointment. Because so I say, hey, Lee, when's good for you? And then Lee doesn't get back to me for a week or so and we sort of forget about it. Or Lee's like, um, Monday or Friday. Yeah. And then now it's up to me and I'm like, oh, well, I can't do Monday. What about Thursday at six? And then you're like, why well, either didn't get back right. to you or, or something else? And, you, and you've just wasted all this attention. And instead, I just get right to the point. And literally I say, hey, I'll make it easy on you. You can schedule a date or a time that works for you here. Boom, link to Calendly. And if you're not using it, 
C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y. It is the greatest $10 a salesperson will ever spend because it links up to your calendar and it gives them the opportunity to schedule directly with you. However, Lee, does that always work as we go further up the chain? Knowing that not everyone's going to do that. Sometimes you may need to say, hey, Monday or Tuesday between one and three. What is your mindset around that specific part of this? That's an awesome question. Awesome question. And I noticed that you use Calendly and, and I haven't, I hadn't seen it until probably about two months ago. And now I've, I've noticed three or four uh, people using it that I'm doing business with, including yourself. Um, I believe that it, I believe there can be arguments on both sides. I can, be, I can see people saying, if you're trying to sell somebody and I could see someone saying, well, you know, you're trying to sell me. I'm not going to go to your calendar. You know, you know, you're you're on my time. Um, I could see that, and I could also see just people saying, "Oh, well, that makes it easy. Let me just go here. I'm already agreeing to the meeting." Um, you know, the, having the choice. So once you set set up and say, "Hey, Rob, you know, I'm looking forward to that call next week. Um, how's Monday or Tuesday for it?" And you email me back, uh, "Tuesday is better." Then send the calendar lead. Like that, I get, and I think that 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 could be really helpful. Um, if I had to err on, on one side of using it or not using it, I, I'd probably say I would use it. Um, I, I think it's an interesting, it, it, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I'm, I really delve into this whole business development subject, like the strategy and the tactics, like spend a lot of time thinking about it. Um, so yeah, I'm just like digesting in my head. I think it can be interesting. Um, I could see some people maybe being put off by it. I like to, I, I've just had very good success with saying, Rob, how's Monday or Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time? And if that doesn't work, then they get back to you. But to your point, you do end up getting to a back and forth, but my back and forth on the time isn't, doesn't go so much. It's usually like one or two emails and it's done. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it was really cool. I like the way that we used it. Are there any other quick business development tips that you would like to share? I really like you got specific with the following up on a lead every four to five days, specific on Calendly. I like these things because they're actionable for someone. Is there something else actionable that uh, a sales guy's listening to this is like, boom, man, this really helps me? Yeah, I mean, it depends on if you're looking in, in the short time or the long, you know, short lead time or long lead time. If you're looking at long lead time, then you know, having, um, having a way where you can send some information about your product or service without it being a sales call is great. So at, at you know, here at sport business, we do daily emails, um, to people who are in, in, in our, uh, Rolodex per se. So they'll get a daily email of the latest, that, that daily sponsorship updates, either sponsorship analyses or sponsorship, um, uh, sponsorship news. Uh, they might not be clients of ours, so but they're getting that email anyway. So if they go to click on something, yes, they're going to get a couple sentences and then it hits a paywall. But every day they're getting that, they can easily opt out if they want. But a lot of our clients, not, not clients, but a lot of the people in our Rolodex, um, they want to read the latest news on a daily basis, even if they're not getting the full news and the full analysis because they're not paid subscribers. At least on a daily basis, they're seeing the top five um, happenings in the world of sports sponsorship. 
Uh, so they're seeing that. I know they're seeing my emails every day. I know that they're opening them. So even if, you know, even if someone says, no, we're not interested, about four or five months later, I can go and revisit with them. And I put that in my calendar, my CRM, my own CRM system. I'm putting in, they're not interested now. I'm going to revisit next quarter. I'll revisit in two quarters. And, and I've had success with that. I've had people who I've gone back in to revisit um, and they've bought. Um, trying to think. I, I've got a massive company right now who is in that same scenario. Hopefully they do buy, but they came back to me after six months and said, and said, Hey, we'd like to revisit, you know, sport business. Um, let's set up a call. I set up a call, um, give them, give them a tour of our platform. They loved it. So, you know, hopefully they, they decide that that we'll be their provider. That's an example of every day their team was getting these emails and we stayed top of mind and you always want to stay top of mind. All right. Actually, last question for you about the actual, your mindset of the process of doing business development. And I'll even talk from my own experience. I get times, we all know in sales, you can reach out to a hundred people. Maybe only one of them is going to get back to you. And I can get that grinding feeling where I don't enjoy sales sometimes when right. even when things are good, it's just, you chalk it up to the game. But this is something, obviously, as we get uh, more experience in sales, you understand rejection. Like we're not even talking rejection here. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. talking your, your own mental mindset of making this fun because when it stops being fun, it starts right. to feel grinding. And when it right. starts to feel grinding, you start hating what you do. What's your mindset around this? Yeah. You know, I mean, a large part of my career was selling sponsorship, you know, and selling, uh, marketing services. So I worked for a number of agencies and, you know, just selling integrated marketing services and, you know, sell right, right now, you know, being a, a provider of the most accurate uh, and comprehensive uh, analysis and information of the business of sport. I mean, yeah, it's sales, but I, I definitely don't wake up in the morning. I don't view myself as a salesperson. I love the world of sport of, I love the business of sport. And I love sponsorship. I love media rights. I just love the business deals. So to me, I'm actually not selling. I mean, I, I rarely think of myself as a salesperson. To me, it's really, hey, I'm, I'm going to go to this league and I've got something that they need. I've got something that's going to help them do their business better. They're going to be actually fortunate to get it. And the reason I have this mindset is because we've got some of the largest rights holders companies in the world using our product. Like we're like, we've got a really great product. I believe in it. I've drank the Kool-Aid, you know, I, I love where we are. So to me, it's, it's, if I'm reaching out to you, I'm, I'm really going to help you if, if you, you know, get a license to act, to access our, our, our service. So I, I, I don't wake up in the morning, feel like I'm a salesperson. You know, I've got a couple people, you know, I got people every day I'm going to call, I'm going to reach out to hopefully, you know, that they want to take a license for our service. Um, when I was selling sponsorship, uh, you know, whether it was for athletes, I sold a lot of athlete sponsorship. Um, I definitely didn't feel like I was a salesperson. I, I loved my athletes. I, I loved the industry space. You know, hey, let's go do something cool together with this Olympian. You know, we can do X, Y, and Z. You've got a product. I, I was in it. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fortunate. I never felt like I'm wake up in the morning. I've got to grind and sell. I've fortunately been successful. So in being successful, I think that that kind of grounds you a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, very rarely do I ever feel like pressure 
Um, you know, I've got a the company's doing well. Our product is wonderful. I've got great clients. Um, I haven't I haven't gone through too many dry spells, but um, I guess if I if I if I did go through dry spells, I, I I would feel a little bit more. But I think if you like what you do, if you truly love what you do, if you're selling, then you you, you it's it's not going to wear on you maybe as quick. You know, maybe there's a guy out there who loves plumbing supplies. He just loves the world of plumbing, and he wakes up every day, and he goes and he sells his plumbing supplies every day, and and that's wonderful, and he's making a living. And, you know, that's what he wants to do. I think you've got to like what you want to do. So I had a large, a long career as a triathlon coach. I, I coached triathletes, cyclists, marathoners for, for years and years and years. And a large part of that was business development. I had to keep the, the athletes coming in. I mean, I, if the athletes weren't coming in for coaching for me or any of the coaches that worked for me, you know, we, we weren't eating. You know, you had to have the athletes coming in and the, and the price is very little. You know, the cost is really little. So you've got to have a lot of athletes going in. So yeah, I had to develop business on, on the coaching side too, but I loved it. You know, I loved talking to athletes. I loved finding out their goals and, and working with them to get them to achieve PR. So, you know, at that, in that sense, I was developing business then. I didn't feel like a salesperson. I mean, I was a coach, but I also had, I spent hours on the phone every day selling people because they're calling around to other coaches too. So, you know, it was selling, but different way. Awesome. So Lee, where can everybody connect with you? Yeah. Um, Twitter's great. Uh, at Lee Zolman, Z-O-H-L-M-A-N. I've got a website, Zolman.com. Um, Instagram, Lee Zolman, pretty simple. Uh, also more professionally on, on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. So again, Z-O-H-L-M-A-N. Um, but this is, you know, this is definitely a passion point, business development, sports marketing, um, definitely a passion point of mine. So Rob, thanks for the time today. And, and I hope some people grab some, some valuable insights from this. You're welcome. And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. Do you have a business development tip you would like to share with us? I'll share any of them that come in. Or is there a business development struggle that you're having? Here's what I want you to do. Hit up Lee or myself. We would love to be able to assist you on this. You can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, or on LinkedIn at Rob Cressy. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth, and if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.